0: Well, it's, uh, it's been a bit. Not really. Not at all, actually. It's not been long at all since the last episode, and I am happy to say that uh, I'm finding time to make this work. It's it's actually kind of crazy. The last podcast I ran, and that the title of that one was I'm No Genius, and the whole point of that was to say I, I have ideas, and I have thoughts, and I think that they should be shared, but let me preface that with The fact that I'm not a genius, I'm just something of a guy who has ideas, and I think it it was a good title. It kind of uh, it had my ideas in mind or my thought process in mind, and it uh, it got taken over, kind of like I stopped. I stopped at that one, and I started this one, obviously, and this one is as value for value as I can get right now, as podcasting 2.0 as I can get right now. And I have plans for that in the future. And I'm listening to a few podcasts to get that going. And I'll explain that all later in this one. But it got uh, the name, got hijacked by another gentleman. I followed him on Twitter because his Twitter was linked with the podcast. And it's same title and same kind of mission statement as well. Not that, oh, I've got ideas, but essentially the same mission statement that he's he's not a genius, but he's trying to uh, make sense of the world. And that's kind of what I was doing on the other one. This one has already fallen short of its promise of uh, recording books. Speaking of which I have my own audiobook, my own short story that I want to record, and I think that'll be pre-recorded and then uploaded in the middle of next episode. Maybe I might do it that way. No, I said next episode is gonna be live. Speaking of that, I'm going to set up some I'm gonna set aside some time, probably around next Friday, uh, somewhere in the afternoon, I'm thinking maybe sometime around three or four to go live. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. I'll put um, in the podcasting 2.0 chapters that I still haven't done for the last show. I'll update the ones for this show and put them in right about now within the last 10 seconds to 20 seconds. If you just check in on this section of the show, you'll see it. I'll also put it in the description of the show notes and also on my website, there'll be a little banner that says when, or excuse me, what time it will be live. So... Either click the link in the description of this episode that says uh, visit my website or just check your podcasting 2.0 chapters. So moving right along, hi, <laughs> um, I have a lot kind of to go through and I have some topics that I wanted to cover beforehand uh, in, in, a, in a different episode and I need to stop saying us uh, so much and my vocal fry is kind of coming through so I apologize for that. And this is actually a a one o'clock in the afternoon recording, so I shouldn't have any excuses, but I want to talk about uh something that that kind of got to me about people who are getting red pilled and black pilled and orange pilled and any other kind of pill that you know people who are still in the dark uh, haven't received they haven't received this specific pill and I have a grouse with the people who are um turned on. But before I get into, into them specifically, let me give you the three categories of who you are in the pilled hierarchy. There's the people who have their eyes just shut, you know, have, have yet to be peeled, and they're yet to be pilled in some form. There's the people who have just been pilled, and will stay in that you know, mode of being saying, Oh, wow, this is crazy, man, the world is just insane. Can you believe this is going on? And this is going on. And you're, you're trying to make converts while you're at it. And then there is the people who have just OD would on the pills on some kind of pill, whatever it is, orange pill, which brings which leads you into the idea of Bitcoin maximalists being something negative. And that's just the people who have OD'd on it. They're not in the uh, state of evangelism. They're in the state of we're better than you in every single way. And that's, that's the negative people. Those are the people that bring a negative idea to Bitcoin maximalists. But that's just an example of the Bitcoin maximalists. Then there's the red side and the blue side and whatever other, whatever other side you can think of. Then there's the black pill, denialists who are just waking up to the idea that everything sucks because technically, it, it does. Technically, everything does suck. But that's just, um, it's a point of view that if you stay in the everything sucks, you'll be fine. You'll find your way out. But if you if if you go farther into that and you OD on it, that's when you actually OD on real pills, which sucks. But moving along. The idea of these uh, pilled people leads me in to this point. The show that I derive most of my inspiration from on how to run my podcast, how to better my podcast every single day, uh, ISOs, uh, the, a very short intro song, things of this nature, things that I'm trying to mirror the most is the No Agenda show. And I, I do that because I they bring clips to their show, which a lot of other podcasts don't do. I like to bring clips as well. Uh, they have end of show ISOs. I like to have them. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I do. They're podcasting 2.0. I'm podcasting 2.0 and on and on and on. There's a bunch of different things. But They are a strictly news show, a a comedy show, but strictly news. That's what they cover. Uh, News deconstruction, media deconstruction. So they deconstruct what the news media puts out there. So that way there's no uh, hidden agenda that you can't see. They will find the agenda and point it out. So they're satirical in nature, which is awesome because it's easy, very, very easy to get outraged by anything and everything that gets put onto the news because if it bleeds, it leads. And that's what people have led with in every every form of media for the longest time. Everything has to be trauma-based entertainment, which is terrible. It's just amygdala inflationary. And if you're a show a listener of The No Agenda Show, you'll understand what that phrase means. But if you're not, I'll explain it to you real quick. To have your amygdala inflamed, your amygdala is a gland in the brain that if it's left unchecked and it starts swelling, then your, uh, your rational thinking skills start dropping. They, they start uh, lowering in quality. So you start making less and less good decisions, which turns into a snowball effect. And then you either become a, uh, what's the word for it? <laughs> I keep losing my words. Speaking of that, I'll bring up something in the donation segment but uh, there's a word that Jordan Peterson used when he was talking about people who are stuck, an agoraphobe. You become an agoraphobe, someone who's afraid to even leave their house. You're afraid of everything and anything that there ever was or could be if you just continue on in the snowballing effect of letting your amygdala uh, get inflamed and inflated and just out of proportion. Uh, huge is the idea. And it, the, the best thing about this this show, the No Agenda show, is that it makes all this satirical. It just makes jokes and they make jokes about things as, as, as horrific as abortion, but they make jokes about clubbing babies because, um, and it doesn't sound very good because of the context that I'm putting it in. And I don't have a clip of that portion of the episode, but if you don't, if if you don't have a dark sense of humor, for one, you'll never take anything. You'll, you'll, you'll be affected by everything out there in the world. So I like the dark sense of humor, but also it, it actually allows you to look at things level-headedly versus uh, out of a, a, uh. A viewpoint, a lens of just pure raw horrible emotion, that's attached to most of these topics. But some topics, for example, as to what could be amygdala inflationary, are the 100-point Fed hike or Fed rate hike, and I'll put that in the uh, show notes. So, or sorry, the podcasting 2.0 chapters. Then the Google is sentient. This is old. This is old news. Uh, everyone's acting like, oh, Google's gonna take over the earth because AI is now sentient. And if you know anything about AI, listen to a good show. It's called AI.cooking. That one explains everything you need to know ever about AI, but it explains why in that show, Google's AI is not truly sentient. So that's just a bunch of, like I said, amygdala inflationary news. And then there is sudden adult death syndrome. And... There, there's a news article that you'll see linked, and it's to a article from the Daily Wire, and this is a wash. This whole article is just a wash from the Daily Wire. It's annoying that that they they they're leading up to a point, and then either because they have, I don't know, uh, funding from someone, or and I feel like that's the case because you don't become to be such a big mogul media empire without having some outside funding from somewhere. Now I get it; they have tons and tons and the Daily Wire has now signed a contract with Jordan Peterson to use his likeness as a marketing tool for their media corporation, Daily Wire Plus. And, and keep in mind, every, every joining of power between two very media-attracting or eyeball-attracting personalities. So if you can attract eyeballs to anything, then you are sellable. You're a marketable person, so you can your likeness can be sold for a certain amount. So Jordan Peterson attracts too many eyeballs, too many earlobes, ear holes, whatever. Everyone that is rational thinking at least will listen to what Jordan Peterson has to say because he is a very rational person, and I think he's almost the best thing since sliced bread. He is a modern-day philosopher. He is the closest thing we have in today's day and age to an Aristotle. Or a Plato. He is a great human being. Just there's so much praise you can throw his way. But I think he's signed some sort of money-making contract with the Daily Wire Plus. Now, Daily Wire Plus needs to have funding from somewhere, and you can't. You can. You can get a lot of that from donations, which is what I'm hoping is the idea. But this article from the Daily Wire from the Daily Wire seems like a wash. Like there may be some hidden agenda behind it. Because the more you read through it, here's the idea. It's It makes you think that the article has something to do with the vaccinations and how sudden adult death syndrome is somehow related to the vaccinations, Uh, mass vaccinations of the SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19 vaccination by Pfizer and Moderna, the mRNA gene editing, whatever. There is solid evidence that is coming out of plenty of other uh, countries that aren't America. I was going to say cities, plenty of other countries that aren't America have been doing research for quite a long time. Israel being one of them because it was, Israel was basically the petri dish of all of this. And all this science and knowledge and data that's coming out of these places suggests and even infers and even states almost that the vaccine itself is causing sudden sudden adult death syndrome or SADS for short, uh, different than SIDS, which is sudden infant death syndrome. Now, sudden adult death syndrome is something new it's a new phrase that is trying to become popularized they're trying to make a meme out of it not a not a meme in the sense that it's something uh, to laugh about a meme that you laugh about is simply a meme with a comedic nature behind it but a meme is something that the entire population can grab onto, understand deeply on a level that they might not even understand at the moment and run with and they're trying to make this sads phenomenon become something that's just like, oh, well, that's accepted. Everyone knows that if you have uh, too much milk in your diet, you'll die. Everyone knows that if you take naps in the afternoon, you're more likely to get heart failure. And it's just this stupid science that's coming out to, to take attention away from every, of anything that has to do with the vaccine being related in the death of any of these adults that are otherwise healthy human beings. It's just, it's a wash is my point here. It makes you think throughout the, the entire article that this has something to do with the vaccinations because of the wording because of the uh tiptoeing around the topic of vaccinations and that at the at the very end it just because it says sudden adult death syndrome it's trying to let you know that hey there might be a cause here and then in the end it just says oh well we don't know hands in the air it's just sudden adult death syndrome that's all you can explain and it just kind of pissed me off that they have this like i said amygdala inflationary news and you're supposed to just accept it. Like, if, if if I wanted to listen to Ben Shapiro again, I would have to do it with a little bit of, like, preparedness. I'd have to get, like, mentally prepared to accept this emotion-inducing entertainment. Because that's what most of this is. Him and uh, Steven Crowder. <laughs> excuse me. And those are the two on the right. Then there's Young Turks on the left. And... <laughs> Uh, whoever else Hodge Twins, if I want to listen to any of them, it usually has they they play into the binary thinking of right versus left and how the left is so terrible and the right is so great, and how as as long as now Jordan sorry uh, Stephen Crowder did a thing a while ago. I'm not sure how I think it was because even if I think it was heartfelt, I think it was totally heartfelt. Whenever he was talking about hey do a thought experiment, what would you do if the other side just wasn't there? If you woke up one morning and the other side just wasn't there anymore, what would you do? Would you would you be happy? Would you be sad? Would you write a letter to the government saying thank you for stepping down? Like, what would you do? And 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 the whole point was, those other people are still human, and those other people are there because are really actually only there because you give them the attention that they're that they're trying to take from you. Kind of like that whole uh, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, did it actually fall or did it make a sound? It's almost the same same uh, phenomenon that they're speaking of. If you don't give them attention, they're not really there. You know, uh, if I don't see you, you don't see me kind of thing. That was the uh, intention behind his question. What would you do if they weren't there? And I think he was sincere about it, about that question. But there's a a part of me that says that this is just damage control. Like, let's just get this out of the way so we can continue on with the rest of our show and move forward. I do think it was sincere because... The dude does have a lot of qualities, and he runs a big media empire. Not all himself, but he does run one. And he may have, how would you call it? (sighs) Just because he runs that big media empire doesn't mean that he's some heartless uh, capitalist. But it doesn't mean that if he does something that sounds sincere, that it's automatically sincere he's in a weird spot right now. Either way, I just wanted to get into that in into into that portion of it because that was in, important to me to get out of the way that I love the No Agenda show because of its amygdala deflationary news. They shrink amygdala's every single day on the show every day, every Thursday and every Thursday and Sunday they're shrinking amygdalas. And uh it's just it's better to look at it through their lens than it is almost anyone else's. There's a few other people out there that run good podcasts that have uh, almost the same tilt to their news. And bowl after bowl, they don't—they're not very news-oriented as far as what I've listened to. But as far as when the news comes up and they make jokes about it, they're very good at it. And there's a few people on YouTube. I need to listen to their stuff as well and, and get their actual names of their channels and such. But yeah, there there's some good people out there. It just you got to find them you got to look for them i want to start getting into some of these clips that i have uh, set up here because i have a few things that i want to talk about so i'm going to start with the very first one and the uh, title of the clip on my on my soundboard is permanent crisis i don't remember Uh, excuse me no wrong (laughs) the clip that i want to talk about is called permanent crisis i'm going to get into it right now and we'll see what happens uh and then i'd like to set it up better but i don't have very much info on this one in my notes so i'll just go for it that's the best way to get political power is to promise them that you your power is the solution The incentive of politics is to have permanent crises well there we go okay perfect so there there you go all of that's that's perfect it kind of it goes into exactly what i wanted to go into the the incentive of politics is to have permanent crises and the problem is that all of these binary shows that don't look at it from a truly uh, nonpartisan viewpoint, I mean, they're, they're, there's going to be bias. That's not the point. As centrist as you can possibly be, get there and then report on it. Because all you're doing by reporting on any of this is securing the political power For anyone on any side, if you're on the Ben Shapiro side, you're just securing power for your own politician that just spouts off a few talking points to secure their position and say, we're pro-rights, we're pro-gun, we're pro-God. And it's like, oh, okay, but what does that even mean? Like, which God? And what do you mean by pro-gun? Get into the nuances of it, get into the weeds of it, the thick of it, so I can understand where you stand, where your administration stands, and everyone else who's working in it because I don't want to just vote for one person. When I get into conversations with people about anything political, I do my very best. Let, let's let's speak of it this way. And we talk about Joe Biden. I do my very, very best. And I fail sometimes because we get into the heat of an argument or a conversation, because everything's argumentative nowadays, but we get into a conversation. And I'll always preface it with, you know, I, I'm unaffiliated. I'm An anarcho-capitalist is the best word I can come up with. I still am working on the definition because I'm learning it as I go, but that's pretty much where I sit. So I'm not Republican. I'm not Democrat. I, I lean toward anarchism, but anarchists get a bad rap. But either way, I always preface my conversation with these people, anyone who I'm talking to on the topic, as to say the Biden administration, the Trump administration, the Obama administration. Because as much power as any of these talking heads yield, it's not nearly as much as the entire administration combined. Now, I'm not talking about the press secretary. I'm not talking about Jen Psaki. I'm not talking about uh, Jean-Pierre, whatever her name is, uh, K- Kareem Abdul Jean-Pierre. I'm not talking about any of these people. I'm talking about the talking heads that are actually advised, not the talking heads, the advisors that advise the talking head. The people who actually make the policy and tell the president, yeah, you can go ahead and sign off on that one because that fulfills plenty of agendas. Or don't don't sign off on that one because that screws over a very important agenda over here, even though it might help that one over there. We'll just draft a new bill for that. The people who actually advise the president. I get into these things, into these conversations, and I try to lead by example in my speech by saying the administration, not casting, uh, not casting, uh, not doubt. I don't want to cast uh, judgment upon the man himself, Joe Biden. I don't want to cast praise or give praise to the man himself, Donald J. Trump. I want to acknowledge that there are people in the background that are advising both of these men or have have been advising, had been advising Trump and are currently advising the current president, Joe Biden, into the decisions that are being made and that the president isn't all involved in every single bill that gets signed. Yes, he is technically because of the government and the way it works, but I, he does not read every one of them. He can't read a teleprompter. How is he going to read every bill? Anyway, <clears throat> moving right along into another, another point of a uh, political topic. I want to talk about this right here. This I've actually been thinking about for quite a bit because, like I said, the show is a little bit of a while coming. Uh, these notes that I have for this one has been a little bit longer than a week, but I wanted to talk about this specifically. It's uh, two senators that are uh, going back and forth about weapons and and what they think are proper use of guns, and, and there was some law that came through. I, you'll, you'll listen to the clip, but it's about... It's about the Department of Agriculture and the Department of uh, Health and Human Services, I think, needing weapons of war is the, the talking point, the mean that they're trying to push here. And I have a comment to make on that. This is, uh, which one, which senator is this? This is Senators uh, Massey and Swalwell. Thomas Massey and, I can't remember the other dude Swalwell's last name, but you'll, we'll, we'll get into it right now. I am at a loss to understand why the Department of Education or the Department of Agriculture would need the so called weapons of war to complete their missions. And um, I would, if, if I may, I would yield to any of the Democrats who want to tell me why the Department of Education needs weapons of war. Uh, Mr. Mr. Master, Swalwell, I'll yield to you.
1: you. I would just ask if they don't need them, why do you need them?
0: I yield well, back i would i would say that they are not weapons of war but i am taking i i I got this clip from not specifically from the no agenda show i got this from uh listening to the video and it just kind of adam got it right this is one of those i know you were but what am i kind of things like why would you jump in and just say something like that dumb it really was dumb to have him say that that was uh swalwell that was answering to massey Saying, oh well, uh, if they can't have it, why should you have that weapon of war? Now I'm one of these people who think that everyone should be able to have a gun. Everyone who is not mentally unf- that, everyone who is mentally fit, everyone who's not mentally fit should not have one. But by and large, even I think uh, criminals who have offended in the past should be able to get guns as long as they have a. Th- there has to be a litmus test involved. But I'm one who thinks that everyone should be able to have a gun because that's what protects us. I mean, I can get into this and I might actually do that, a thought experiment in the future. But then again, this is also just American thinking because no other country has this rule and I've been raised and whatever with this. But anyway, back into the clip.
2: Uh, the
0: intent of Mr. Cicilline on good faith that he's uh, banning weapons of war here. And so I would ask him, why would he ban something that he calls weapons of war? So. I don't like the premise of this argument because I was listening to the entire video, but I got... The video is not very long. You can find it on YouTube. I think it's like two minutes, maybe three minutes long of the exchange between these two senators. But the problem is that these, these political talking heads, everyone, now, whatever your, however good your points may be, however great you represent your side of the argument, it doesn't matter. You're still a political talking head until you actually show representation, and uh, actually showing representation is actually doing what your uh, what the people who elected you would like you to do now I have to get into mr. Massey's politics to understand exactly what he promised he would do during his campaign and during uh any any conversations with the media but the pro back to the point is a lot of these guys will do and a lot of, I'll just get to this. A lot of these senators and people in positions of power in politics will go back and forth for clout and TV presence and clippability on topics of gun control, obviously, for this example. And what they'll do is they'll keep the argument based on these talking points. And the talking point of this one, if you hadn't guessed it, was weapons of war. That was the phrase that was used so often oh, well, you don't need 15 rounds to go hunting. And who needs this AR-15 assault-style fully semi-automatic rifle for self-defense? And it's all this stupid jargon because that's not the point. The point is what you think is necessary for me. It's not what I think is necessary for you. It's what I believe in the moment was necessary for me in that moment. It's all individual in the same way that value for value is individual. Whatever I think is necessary as far as a donation towards you, that's what you'll get from me. Same thing for me. If I think that this gun is necessary for me to fulfill whatever intention I may have with that gun, that is my right and that is my individual choice. But the problem is that this newest topic of choice is uh, how guns are now not known as guns or firearms or personal protection or anything of the nature. They're just weapons of war. And why should Americans be allowed to obtain and carry weapons of war? What what could what could you possibly need weapons of war for? And I think that we need to stop dancing around this idea that guns are weapons of war and stop dancing around the idea of weapons of war. Just be honest about it. Just just be straight up about it. Yes, I want this gun for self-defense because that is what is explicitly stated in the Constitution. Excuse me. What's explicitly stated is that these guns, the Second Amendment states that these are to protect us from any threat foreign or domestic. You're not... You're not just using it for hunting. If it was just for hunting, if that was the only need for a gun, we would have a system like any of these other countries where you're not allowed to have a gun, or you'd be able to have one by renting it out and only using it in the confines of hunting. But it's not just for that. It's for protection, literally for protection. And this is a situation where you can use the word literally. I'm tired of saying, well, we we don't really need a hundred rounds to go hunting now, do we? No, it's not about hunting. And if I want to go hunting, I'll have a hundred rounds just in case I'm a bad shot. What if I am a bad shot and I'm going to sit there all winter and just waste a hundred rounds? That's me. Someone else who's very good doesn't need more than two rounds, one round to actually bag something. But that doesn't mean he shouldn't have more than that. He, she, they, them, Z, whatever you want to use, it don't matter. The whole point is, that we need to, we really do need to stop saying oh well uh, these weapons of war shouldn't be used and using any of the talking points that anyone else is using i i don't want to say anything other than guns and that's it just be as legit as possible be as not legit be as literal and as exact and precise in your speech as you can be without getting too precise to where you're you're not using the word gun anymore but you're using something that uh, like a uh project projectile device or something, you know, whatever. Now talking about this gets me in talking about killing gets me into the idea of this next clip. Not not killing per se and not the idea per se, but it gets me into this uh this next clip. So I want you to listen to this We're moving into a different topic now. This is a topic that has to do with something about religion, and and I mentioned Jordan Peterson earlier in this episode. I'm bringing him back up. I'm invoking the Peterson. If that gets me more donators to the show, I'm invoking the Peterson. So, listen to this clip.
1: Everywhere, including human sacrifice, and you think, what the hell was up with those crazy bastards so long ago? They were sacrificing to gods all the time. What kind of clueless behavior was that? burn something and please God, burn something valuable and please God. It's like, what was with them? What were they thinking? Well, they weren't stupid, those people. If they were stupid, we wouldn't be here. They were not stupid and believe me, they lived under a lot harsher conditions than we do. So those were some tough people, man. I'm bringing this
0: up, one thing. I'm bringing this up because even in the church I go to, it's hard to explain to someone why sacrifices were necessary in the Bible. Now this is from a biblical a biblical lecture, not necessarily completely biblical. It's not from his Leviticus series or his Genesis series. His Leviticus one is coming out, I believe. It's not from that, but it's it's Bible related and uh religious related. And it's it's amazing how he can bring from a psychological perspective a better definition to the act of sacrifice than Anyone else I've heard recently, really in any recent times, but let's continue
1: on. You know, back then you'd last about 15 minutes, and so you don't want to be thinking of your ancestors as stupid. Like, there's no real evidence that we're much different cognitively than we were 150,000 years ago. So, anyways, sacrifice. What does that mean, sacrifice? Well, it's a discovery, man. It's the discovery of the future. It's like, The future is actually the place where there is threat. And it's always going to be there. So what do you do? You make sacrifices in the present so that the future is better. Right. Everyone does that. That's what you're doing right now. That's what you're doing here. That's what your parents are doing when they pay money to send you to university. They think, you can bargain with reality. It's amazing. You can bargain with reality. You can forestall gratification now. And it'll pay off. At a, at a place in time that doesn't even exist yet. It's like, who would have believed that? It's like, that's a miracle that that occurs. And it's not like people just figured that out overnight. How are we going to come up with an idea like that? Well, it's like, well, we thought about it for 7 million years. And, uh, you know, we got to the point where we could kind of act it out. But we didn't know what we were doing.
0: I disagree with that. Then that's just Claude. Claude disagrees with a lot. But I disagree with that whole idea of seven million billion years, whatever. I'm, I'm young earth creationist, but then again, like, just cause I disagree doesn't mean anything, but let's just continue. I just wanted to preface that, or uh, in interject that right there, continuing on.
1: But it was, a, it emerged like a dream. It was, so the terror of the future is a dream. And the solution to the terror, the dream of the terror of the future is another dream. And, and it, it comes out in mythology and in fantasy and in drama where you act out the sacrifice, and then it's a step on the way to full understanding. So we can say sacrifice now instead of doing it, you know, although we still do it, it's just not concretized like it used to be.
0: Anyway, there's about 40 seconds left in that clip, but if you wanted to look it up, it's on YouTube. Uh, I'm not gonna link that one because I don't even have the link saved. I should have saved it, but I don't. I just have the uh, whole clip, Um, but whatever. The idea is that there's, there's sacrifice involved with, really anything. I wanted to lead into my Bitcoin segment by talking about sacrifice, because Bitcoin in its current, I mean, it was way more true when it first came out. But right now, Bitcoin is in a state of you have to be willing to sacrifice a whole heck of a lot to get fully on board with the idea of Bitcoin. You have to be able to sacrifice uh, comfort, in the present. You have to be able to sacrifice your current living standards in the present for the future of Bitcoin. And it's it sounds counterintuitive because Bitcoin is promising a whole bunch of things being fixed, a whole bunch of problems that are uh, present in our day and age from corrupt politicians to corrupt big business to corruption really everywhere being solved by this thing, which is essentially, as simple as it can be, a ledger of truth. And how can something that fixes so much things require you to make all these sacrifices? Well, the idea is that these sacrifices, as far as I'm understanding it, as far as I understand currently, and I'm reading the Bitcoin standard right now, I'm I'm listening to all the podcasts I possibly can on it, and I have another clip coming up after my value for value segment, but... The idea is that you'll sacrifice something right now in the present. And that sacrifice isn't something that's going to put you out of commission necessarily, but it will cause you to reevaluate what you value in life. Do you value do you value certain things more than the future prosperity of you and your family? And if that's the case, if you do value things that are essentially insignificant more than that, then you're not meant for Bitcoin and Bitcoin will not accept you. You have to be willing to learn to take on the same traits as our, our grandparents, as our great-grandparents, self-sufficiency, self-reliance, the ability to fix something because you need to instead of throwing it away. This throwaway nature that we're in right now is antithetical to Bitcoin as far as I'm understanding it. Now, I want to get into my value for value segment because I want to talk again about uh, more things related to Bitcoin and get into the next clip. But before I do, I'd love to just roll out the money segment and get into value for value. I'm loving this setup. I'm loving this setup. Now, I, I still want to get to something that's a little bit better than just using an iPad and a blue snowball because I'm not sure, still, if the, what you call it, uh the interface will actually work plugged into the iPad through the lightning to USB OTG cable because I don't know if the phantom power needs to be supplied from the iPad or if it, I don't know, I don't know, I'll figure it out. If it works the way I think it does with the Focusrite uh, Scarlet 2i2 Focusrite, beautiful. If not, Maybe I'll just have it plugged into the iPad um, with, and surprise, I want to get, I'm just not surprised, I said this in one of the other episodes, and I'm probably going to get, if I can uh, divide my money properly, I'm going to get me the Rode uh, Procaster 2, the podcasting setup that the Podfather himself uses, and I will try my best to get the exact same sound profile that he has just so I can get, Pure, clean, crisp, auto leveled, equalized audio, and compressed, and all that gorgeousness. But that's uh, another topic for another day. But I love this setup because of these sound pads. Like, if I can get that same setup going with that with that uh, device, oh, beautiful! It'd be great. And I'm hoping I can. But speaking of the value for value segment, let's go with Petar, dude. Just motivation. All the time. Just every time. Like I know that he's a regular listener and, and just I'm almost expecting a donation now. I feel like I'm entitled now. Like if he doesn't donate, then it's, hey, why didn't you donate kind of thing? But no, it's it's just wonderful to get something and to be able to essentially expect something and to know that it's going to come in. And even if it doesn't anymore, that's just fine. Pitar, you showed me what it means to be a true podcaster. But I got a 25000 sat donation from Pitar again. And it says incredibly touching story. Thanks for translating it. I think your word. I think the word you're looking for is obsolescence. And yes, that is the word I was looking for. Planned obsolescence, because or obsolescence, however you want to pronounce it. That's the word I was looking for last show when I was talking about people literally baking into their technology obsolescence, planning that it will no longer be functional after a few years, and that just sucks to me. I got a Nexus Five that. I need to try and change the battery on because the battery life is the worst thing on it, but it's still kicking. It's still moving quick. It's snappy on Lineage OS. I think it's on 15.0, I think. I'm I'm probably wrong on that, but it's on Lineage OS. It's running it beautifully, masterfully. I got a OnePlus 6T that runs obviously faster because it's got better processors, but it's on the same software, Lineage OS, and it is just, it's snappy. It's so freaking snappy. It's wonderful. I wanted to put one of them on Graphene OS or maybe Calyx OS, but the problem is those are pretty much specifically made for Google Pixels, rooted Pixel devices, and there there are community ports to other devices. I think the Nexus Five got one with Calyx OS. I have to look into it. But yeah, that's it's not it's not going to happen uh, with the phones that I have. I'd have to get a Pixel and then really evaluate if I want to switch phones because I've already tried so many times, and the Nokia failed, and ah, college try failed on that. It's it sucks to me. But, uh, I mean, my, my systems of operation are great on my iPhone. I'm trying everything I can to make it better. Uh, it's just my workflow is, is pretty much tied to it right now, the way I do things. And I don't know. I don't know. One day I'll find a better setup. And at that point, everything will just work perfectly in harmony together because of my custom setup that works best for me. But that's it. Thank you, Pitar. That is the one boost that I got from the community. That is Podcasting 2.0, that listens on Fountain, and just just because, I went and got the Beatbox ad for Podcasting 2.0 apps from the BoostBait GitHub repo, so I'm going to play that for you right now chapters transcripts images links stream micropayments to the podcast and send satoshis in real time over the lightning network using a compatible podcasting 2.0 app just go to newpodcastapps.com that's newpodcastapps.com and for more info go to
2: podcastindex.org
0: boost and there we go that was uh, that was a value for value segment i think i'm going to wrap that up together for the way it is. I call it the money segment, but that's the value for value segment. I'm going to rename that on my sound pads and wrap it together with the uh, initial sound leading into it and then the beatbox ad playing us out of it. There we go. That's the way I'm going to do it from here on out for now until I find something better. But um, I got a really cool end of show song for the end of this show lined up. And it's uh, it's by a dude, uh, br- br- not Bryson... No, it's uh Jason Bryson, one of these dudes. Man, I got to find it now. I can't just say Bryson or Jason. I have to say who it was. Where is it? Why does it never? Tyson James. There we go. My YouTube music is very strange. I've searched this song like eight times already, favorited it, added it to my uh, library, and it still doesn't show up in the recent searches. I'm not sure why, but it's almost the same thing as the new maps update they have. it sucks, not new. it's been there for a long time but it doesn't do it by order. it does it, it doesn't pre-populate the past searches in order of most recent searches. It does it by what Google Maps thinks you want, which is just stupid that they're in that they're integrating artificial intelligence to that degree, but that's what they're doing. So moving right along into this next episode uh, next topic, we're in the Bitcoin topic. And for this, I actually want to play a little bit of something just to see how it plays out. If you guys hate it, let me know in either a boostagram or get a hold of me through my website. It'll be a little harder to do the website. It'll be a little bit easier if you send a boost. Send a 1 or 10 sat boost, whatever. 1 sat's literally nothing. It's essentially nothing. So if if you don't like it, you don't like it. But I'm going to play some ambient coffee shop sounds because that could work. Maybe it'll sound all right, if you think it sounds all right. should have had it fade in here, but there you go. For this topic, I want to talk to you as if we're sitting down at the table together and we're trying to figure something out. And what we're figuring out is how money works. Now, when you get into the Bitcoin world, you'll hear about different forms of economics, different styles of economic thinking, and there's modern monetary theory and there's all sorts of different things. And modern monetary theory is essentially print on demand as much as you want and nothing bad will ever happen. But if the last two years and current inflation rates haven't taught us anything or have taught us anything, it's that that's a lie. It's complete, it's complete bull crap. And it's just just terrible. Now, while reading the Bitcoin standard, the book, I'm actually getting a little distracted by that ambient coffee shop sound. I might have to turn it off. I'll see how much I can take. While reading the book, I read about the Austrian School of Economics. And I'm thinking to myself, it's mentioned in the book as if everyone should already know it. And I'm not saying that it's a bad way to mention it because it just gets your curiosity piqued. But it was mentioned in the book as if everyone who's reading already knows what is laid out in the Austrian School of Economics. Now i went to the wiki entry and i started reading about it and i'm not going to go into the into the definition of it if you want to look into it you can yourself uh it's just helping me while i'm reading but there's a portion of it uh, of the wiki entry that made me laugh a little, a little chuckle and here's the excerpt it says gustav von schmoller is one of these dudes names from back then a, a leader of the historical school a historical school that was i think condemning yeah responded with an unfavorable review coining the term Austrian school in an attempt to characterize the school as outcast and provincial. The label endured and was adopted by the adherents themselves. This is essentially marketing. Everyone's t- Everyone talks about, I-, I can't remember who exactly it was, but it was on one of these MoFax episodes, and the guy was talking about, and I might even be able to find that. Let me see if I can find that. Uh, torches. Torches. Let me see if I can find that uh, in one of these... Uh, things that I have. I may be able to find that. Let me see here. Anyway, in this in this MoFax episode, there was a marketing genius from way back in the day. And this guy was trying to find a way to sell women on the idea of smoking. And h- how can we get these women to actually smoke? Because they, they're not smoking. They don't want to smoke. And we want to get them onto cigarettes. Because... They should, they should be on cigarettes, just like everyone else. We need to make more money. And there was a idea. Okay, well, how can we do this? Let's actually get them to start thinking of cigarettes, not as cigarettes themselves, but as torches of freedom, torches of liberty. And that's what got these women to start smoking. And it's all, I think this guy, whoever it was, and I'll have to find his name before the end of the show. I think he was known as the, what is it? The inventor of marketing. Along with uh, one of these. Uh, this, this ambient coffee shop music sucks. It's done. Done with it. I can't even focus. Oh, there it is. Okay, cool. You know what's actually pretty cool? I made the tool, and uh, I, I I wanted to link it in the last episode, and I think I still will. I'm going to have to update chapter art for both of these, because it's I'm a one-man show, and it's, uh, it's hard to do this with all the different things I cover. But I made a tool uh, called the MoFax Transcript Database. Database, database. And... Uh, Everything that was ever said, I transcribed into text. Um, I didn't transcribe myself, YouTube did. I just downloaded the VTT files and then cleaned them up a little bit with a few scripts I found on the internet, imported them as Markdown into the Obsidian app, and now you can search every single thing that was ever said on any of the MoFax episodes and find it very quickly. And you just have to know a few different things uh, to be able to find it. And the word I was looking for was freedom sticks. This guy, I think his name was Edward? It was probably Edward, but his last name is Bernays. Back in the day, whenever he was trying to get the women to start smoking cigarettes, he couldn't do it. Uh, Basically, he convinced young women, uh, because women weren't smoking, but he wanted them to because it was a taboo topic. And it was in uh, MoFax episode, which one was it? Uh, He did it on a a late night uh, episode. There you go. There's a late night episode of MoFax where it's in the... uh, I think two hour and seven minutes. Yeah, two hours and seven minutes into it. uh, Allies and Enemies is the episode name on YouTube if you wanted to look it up there. I think it's on most everything else, every other uh, streaming service. But at the two hour and seven minute mark, he starts talking about this topic and it's where they called him Freedom Sticks. And that was the marketing around it. So if you wanted to, if you wanna get, the idea is that with this Bernays guy that people thought that he was this incredible marketing genius, and he probably was. I'm not saying he wasn't because he came out with freedom six and it got women to start smoking. But what this brings up is that marketing is a big deal. And just like how in today's day and age, marketing can go wrong for you, like with the Biden administration calling Trump the MAGA king, and then, like, that was the stupidest thing you could have done if you wanted to def- defame or be mean to the opposition was to call him the MAGA king because they just... The Republican Party, the right side of things, the right, the right left, right side of things, decided to just latch onto that idea and run with it. And they ran with it hard. MAGA King and Ultra MAGA, these words are supposed to be something negative, but the right is taking it and they are running with it. And it's just, it's a great marketing term. It sounds great to be called the MAGA King and it sounds great to be called Ultra MAGA. You sound like a superhero. Like, come on. But this, this Austrian school of economics was supposed to be thrown down and kicked to the curb by this Gustav von Schmoller, who called it the Austrian school, to try and criticize it. And the people just ran with it. I thought it was hilarious that you could find this even back in the day when these different schools of thought of economics were being coined, when these things were being really seriously thought through. Even back then, there was this insane marketing push behind everything. To try and get people to believe your side of things. It's just kind of... It, it stuck out to me as something very very cool. That that, that was the case. And and uh, I have a sound clip for that. This, this is filled with bull crap. <laughs> there we go. I think that was supposed to be my end of show ISO. Oh no. <laughs> supposed to be my end of show ISO. Uh, I even had it color coded for that. Whatever. I have my end of show song. And then I'll just do a better ISO next week. But there you go. <laughs> that's That's the idea. This whole... This whole world is just filled with bullcrap. But anyway, the last point I want to make before this episode finishes is that I had an idea. And it will be linked with a photo right about now. There you go. Uh, it's I want to design, well, I designed a rainwater collection and storage, rain, sorry, rainwater collection, storage, and delivery system. Now, in some states, it's illegal to collect rainwater for some unknown reason, uh, maybe it's for your own health, but if I'm collecting the rainwater, I'm responsible enough to know how to manage it to where I don't, uh, drink it, uh, and not know what's in it, all sorts of different things. But either way, this would include a bedrock or a, uh, mineral filtration device, I'll call it to make it sound more scientific. But basically if you use enough, uh, rocks, enough different types of rocks, enough of sediment, of uh, Uh, different types of, I think it's sand, uh, I'm not sure, silica gel, I'm not sure exactly. I'll have to look into it. But basically, you can make a filtration system out of rocks. If you want to get to the basic idea of it, you can do that. And then you could also test out other types of filters uh, that are relatively inexpensive. That could be a final filtration method for any kind of pathogens that might not be able to be uh, grabbed by this um, different filter. Maybe install a water pump that kind of pushes it through the system, but... The idea is that if you keep it elevated, if you keep it on the roof, well, on stilts, it would be basically a uh, water tank that is filled by runoff rainwater off the roof of your house that would just fill up over time. It would have a heating element that would be solar powered. Uh, Basically, you would use solar panels to charge a capacitor, not a capacitor, a battery bank, some sort of large battery bank that is delivering power to a, a coil inverter, what is it a, uh...
1: <laughs>
0: I just looked this up. It's that tool that you, that you can use to basically forge things. It's got a bunch of coils that are run through what's essentially a circuit board that just takes raw power from any delivery device and a transformer, and it would turn, whatever, whatever goes through those coils would just receive a whole bunch of current and just heat up that metal. And if you do enough coils, there's your. that's how you do it. But you'd have a thermostat, you'd have it running through pipes, and you would make it to where this, this thermostat would automatically heat up the water into a separate water tank is where it would push it, and it would keep it at a consistent temperature all the time. And then you'd be able to heat your water through this delivery mechanism to use for whatever purpose. And... It would have to be elevated as well is the idea. So that way gravity could feed most of the water and take a lot of the load off of the water pump itself. So you could use a lower powered water pump that would also be solar powered if you need it to. So that way you can put less of a strain on the system overall to where it would work with solar power. And it would, it would all be filtered. It would all be clean and it just needs to be designed. Now I have a design that obviously you're looking at right now if you're looking at it on a podcasting 2.0 player, but I would have it to where it has to be designed a little bit better than what you're seeing right now. But the idea is that it would work in that way where some clubhouse, outhouse shop would have running water that you don't have to worry about wasting clean water necessarily. Like it is clean, it is filtered. You could drink it if you want to, but it's just harvested water from rainwater. Then you'd have also a runoff system that would go into a garden so you could feed your garden a steady trickle of water. Maybe I'd install some swales or something, but I'm learning all this as I go. I'm just designing it, but this is an ideas I had segment that I'm throwing in here because I thought it would be great to put that in there. Next show, now that I'm done with everything, next show I'll have a few other topics that I want to cover. I already have a few in the the works. Uh, A lot of them have to do with plans that I have. A lot of them have to do with just the things that I've done, like the project I'm doing for my in-laws, it is very, very close to being done. I'm finished with the siding, mostly. Uh, Finished with all the framing, mostly. Now it just needs to be sheetrocked, and then I can get into finish and trim carpentry on it, but I need to focus on my day job a little bit more until then. I've done some side work as well, where it's uh, removing and replacing siding, and I'll just I'll put a slideshow of pictures at the beginning or in the segment that'll happen on the next episode. So that way y'all can listen to it and follow along and see all the progress that I've made on that. But one last thing I want to talk about, because it has actually been itching me in the back of my mind that I haven't figured this out properly. And that is that Pitar asked me why I'm so interested into getting into the IT world. And... When I say that I want to get into the IT world, I'm still a little bit flustered as to which part of the IT world I want to get into. Now, I know I want to do software development because I have ideas that need to be developed and I want them to work, whether they work for only me or for plenty of other people as well doesn't matter. Plenty of other people, it doesn't matter to me, but I know that I need to be in the software development side of things to make my ideas come to life. Does that mean that I have to have a full-time job in the IT industry? No, obviously not. You can learn on the side. My idea or my understanding currently is that if I'm not full-time in it, then it's harder for me to learn it and it takes longer for me to learn it. But if I'm full-time in it, I can make all my mistakes right up front and I have nothing but time on my hands. It's basically paid training. And that's my whole idea, my whole reasoning for wanting to be in the IT field so bad. Now, if I stay out of it, and I stay and finish in shrimp carpentry, or I continue in this side business that is going with my brother-in-law, excuse me, if I continue in the side business with my brother-in-law, well then, so be it. That's the way I would do it. I would stay in the side business, and then just learn on the side with IT. And that's kind of the way things are looking like they're going right now. But if they don't, and if they go in a position, in a direction where I can go full time in IT and make everything and just crank out idea after idea, that'd be even more beautiful for me. But then again, maybe I'd, maybe I'd work too hard and, you know, blow, uh, burn myself out. I don't know. Either way, I'm done with this episode. I got a really cool end of show song for you. I'm going to do the, uh, end of show song and then the five stars like I do at the end of every episode. And so... I'll catch y'all in the next one. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Pizza. Thank you everyone who's donated and everyone who finds value out of this. Go ahead and just donate some value back. I know I'm doing. The, I do the beatbox ad to get you onto the podcasting 2.0 apps. I do my value for value segment, but I need to have a better value for value pitch. And this is as good as it's going to get for now. It's at the end of the show, so you've gotten all the value out of it so far. Whatever value you find, whatever value I thought you should actually listen to, that's what I've deemed valuable. If you deem it valuable, if you think that something that I said was important, if you thought it was hilarious, which it'd be hard to find something funny in this episode, but if you do, you know, awesome. Send some value back. And I'm serious about topics over on the website. I have a phone number on there now. So if you call me on that phone number, it'll go straight to a voicemail and you can get your voicemail played on the show. So that's a cool new thing that I found on, I think it was a bull after, no, not bull after bull, Behind the Schemes does that a lot. And I'm trying to get a few things figured out with what they're doing to try and mimic a few of their their cool things they do on their podcast. Anyway, I'm done with this. Thank you all for stopping by. Thank you for listening. Thank you for just being here through this ride that is Claude trying to find a better way to podcast and to get his ideas out there for the world to hear. Peace.
2: Revelation 6 and verse 8. Now look at this carefully. And I looked and behold a pale horse. And his name that sat on him was death. Note carefully. And hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword hunger death and beast of the earth there's a famine coming hard times are coming right now is just the beginning of sorrows it's the gracious of God it's God being merciful and long-suffering to us he's that kind of God he's trying to wake people he ain't come up. come to bring a peace boy he came to bring
3: the vision hey. what you know about the mission the if he won't live, please don't call yourself a Christian. He didn't come to bring the peace, boy. He came to bring the vision. What you know about the mission? I can see him coming in the distance. If he won't live, please don't call yourself a Christian. He didn't come to bring the peace, boy. He came to bring Vision. We in the last days, better get your act straight while you have grace. I can see you tripping and gripping the fast ways, and I can see you trying, you dying to have faith. Just bow down, cause I can see the sword coming out the sun's mouth, and it ain't cutting care, it to be cutting down the proud. Receive love now, but judgment gonna hunt you down. The king is coming, trust me, he ain't running from the crown. <laughs> lines in the sand, America divided, and I'm fine with the plan. I'm trying to get right, cause one swipe of his hand, he wiping mankind and all life off the land. Even so, come, Jesus came to put a wedge in between us, separate the betas, but he ruined all the leaders. <laughs> I know you hating, cause I'm booming out your speakers. Hey, I won't cave, I'm speaking true to all believers, man. Look up in the sky, see the fire in his eyes, homie, you don't want smoke. King of kings on the thigh, but you're already denied, bro, and there ain't no hope. Man's hearts gonna fail, the flesh never prevail. You thinking it's still a joke? It ain't no joke, man. He didn't come to bring the peace, boy. He came to bring division. Hey, now what you know about the mission? Hey, I can see him coming in the distance. If he won't live, please don't call yourself a Christian. He didn't come to bring the peace, boy. He came to bring division. Hey, now what you know about the mission? Hey,
1: I can see him coming in the distance. If he won't live, please don't call yourself a Christian. He didn't come to bring the
3: peace, boy. He separate the light and the dark. He put his sword in between it like dividing a heart. Your flesh crying out like the bite of a shark The spear knocking, won't you meet me by the side of the park? Get born again. Pro life and pro-death, I speak right, I'm in a fight, it's like work, no sweat. Now don't worry, look at the birds, they don't stress. People dropping from corona. Who knows I go next? Man, we all dying. He separate the strong and the weak. He came to bring a message. Are you falling asleep? I'm asking if you rat, he'll cast you into the deep. Well, the worm dies not, there's plenty passing to eat. Yeah make you wanna fast for a week I'll make you wanna laugh, you can't fathom the heat The king is coming back and he jackin' the sheet. His mighty hand will expand and it's smashing the weak Look up in the sky, see the fire in his eyes Homie, you don't want smoke King of kings on the thigh, but you already denied, bro And there ain't no hope Men's hearts gonna fail, the flesh will never prevail You thinking it's still a joke? It ain't no joke, man He didn't come to bring the peace, boy, he came to bring the vision what you know about the mission? I can see him coming into this. If he vote and live,
1: please don't call yourself a Christian. He didn't come to bring the peace, boy. He came to bring the vision. What you know about the mission? I can see him coming into this. If he vote and live, we don't
3: call
2: yourself a Christian. He didn't come to bring the peace, boy. There's fear in the hearts of the people out here. They're scared to death because they think they may die. And my dear friend, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, dying is a horrible thing. You keep putting it off, you say. Sure, you put it off. Put off the thought of it, but as sure as you live, the death angel following you, he's walking in your footsteps. He's walking behind you. David said there is but a step between me and death he knew that the day will come when you'll draw your last breath on this earth then where would you go
3: to my podcast give me five stars